Welcome to Sermons from St. David's, a ministry of St. David's Episcopal Church in Southfield, Michigan. It's a chance for us to share a good word of challenge, inspiration, and hope as we walk the journey of faith together. You're welcome to join us on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for live in-person worship. You can also join our 10 a.m. Eucharist via Zoom. Just go to our website for the meeting ID and password at stdavidssf.org. That's stdavidssf.org. Now here's Sunday's message. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. When I first looked at today's gospel from Mark, I thought to myself, well, let me look at the first reading, let me look at the second reading. What does the psalm say? Yeah. Man, you know, and then in the first reading, here we are, the wish no, 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 So then I thought, and I said, you know what? I We're going to talk about this. I'll do the homework just like I had to do with the bread, or Father Chris had to do last week with the eyes, hands, and feet. I recently read about Bible readings that there are some readings referred to by theologians as texts of terror. <laughs> and I can get it. Let's face it. Some of these readings are extremely uncomfortable to us. They can hit too near home. And my friends, I'm living proof of that hurt at one time. We also watch how some people will take this Bible of ours and its readings to hurt people instead of love and support them. Pharisees did. They were very proficient at it. Again, at first look, you think, huh? You know what, Mike? There's two stories going on here. Which one are you going to focus on? Well, I'm going to focus a little bit on both. I believe it could be a little bit of a connection. Not a strong one, but a love connection. So as we look at the first century Israel in the Torah, Torah we see that most of the writings about men because women were on the lower level of society. They were property of men and children no better off because they could not produce anything. Now women had their place in society. Let's face it, it wasn't very good or glamorous. An example would be morning rituals in the first century. The women were far away in Yahweh's temple Women prayed at the northern gates, while the men were allowed in the innermost courts of service. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but where's the fairness in all this? Where's the equality? One of the reasons that the reading like this is hard for us is because now we know the statistics of, and percentages for divorce in both first marriages and subsequent marriages. Anywhere from 30 to 41 percent of first marriages end up in divorce. Second and third, even higher, going up close to 70 percent. And if you're sitting there thinking that religious people's numbers are lower, no, forget about it. We're in the same boat with everybody else. 
As we can all see, the church and society has been struggling with this since Moses in the first century and how to deal with divorce. The problem is interpretation. And then everyone digs their heels in and on their beliefs and it just gets totally messy at that point. But this is really not about what this reading is really about. It's just another opportunity for the Pharisees to try to trap Jesus. It says that the Pharisees came to Jesus to test him as if that was something new for Jesus. So they asked him, is it unlawful for a man, or is it lawful, excuse me, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Now we all know that Jesus knew exactly what they were up to. He also knew Torah inside and out. He knew a man could divorce his wife and that in the Greco-Roman regions, that a woman could divorce her husband. Jesus knew the game. They were trying to trap him into an answer. Now, if he says it's unlawful, let's remember that Herod Antipas was the Roman governor in Galilee. We all know he divorced his wife. And if Jesus says it's unlawful, then it could be the same fate as his cousin. You know his cousin, John the Baptist? Yeah. And if he says it's okay, then it could be seen as blasphemy because he dared to contradict Torah. And that would be punishable by death. Jesus knew either answer could mean death. So he asked them a question. What did Moses command you? In other words, what is Torah law? Their answer, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. This goes back to Deuteronomy 24.1, where if a man found something objectionable, he could write a certificate and send her on her way. Really? What's objectionable? You know, this is a little hardcore case. Is it bad breath? Bad hair day? Maybe she broke cornbread. Or any little trivial thing like this. This reading made me look back and remember when I was first stationed in England. I was in the Air Force for 20 years. 1974, when we arrived, we had an in-processing briefing. And they sat and said, gentlemen, if you're planning on driving a car in this country, you might realize that it is safer to hit the man or the child with your car or a woman. Don't hit that dog. Those are herding dogs, you know, like border collies. So I'm going, really? This is a little bit harsh. You know, put a dog up above that. Hey, people do it. Now back to our story. Jesus turns the tables a little bit and points out, and he starts to teach. Obviously, it was needed. It says, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote, this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. 
Jesus was showing them that God's original intent for a long, lifelong commitment of love and devotion and to be blessed by God. Now, that would include the blessing of children. Remember, be fruitful and multiply. I was reading a commentary by Matt Skinner, where he believes the Pharisees misunderstood scripture. More precisely, they misunderstood God's design and misused and misinterpreted the scriptures to justify their errors. And that sort of made sense to me. My thoughts are, although Jesus was teaching, it was based on love, not out of anger or hatred. You know, if we find this reading uncomfortable, how do you think the disciples felt? They never were able to get it. Get it. My belief is that God's intended for marriage to be a lifelong commitment, but God also created us. So God knows our weaknesses. God knows our faults. So God knows, unfortunately, there will be divorces due to physical, mental, or emotional issues. So God's love for us just maybe, I was thinking, that maybe God allowed Moses to build an escape mechanism with this certificate, that divorce could be the lesser of two evils. I'm not sure, it's just food for thought. I'm going to give God and Moses a little more credit when they said that a handwritten certificate made me think how many first century Jewish men could read and write. <laughs> You know, so maybe there was a thing there called reconciliation. Again, maybe it's just a thought. Jesus' concern for the vulnerable continues when the people bring children to him. How children love Jesus and how he loved them. Isn't it interesting how children will not gravitate to mean people? They know instinctively who to love. So when we read this, we could also get upset on how the disciples talk sternly to the children. Because again, children like women have no significant status in life. The children can neither hurt nor help Jesus' ministry. Well, Jesus is going to put, take care of this real quick. And he said, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Now my favorite saying in the Bible, truly I tell you, I love it. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Now, I said I'd try to tie them together a little bit. Maybe I, do, maybe I don't. If I don't, come tell me. No, I can miss it. Now, after the service for maybe I did. The two stories, Jesus has just uprooted all kinds of norms by showing his love by healing lepers, physically impaired, the blind, the deaf, women, children, Gentiles, the possessed. He ate with tax collectors, sinners, and all this with dirty hands. <laughs> Told me they'd say it. So he didn't eat with dirty hands, did he? Anyways. As we know, and as we can see, Jesus' ministry shows us his love and devotion to all people with or without a voice 
or status in this world. They are the vulnerable without any power or ability to help themselves, but they and we have the love of Jesus and God. Children are innocent, so they accept Jesus with a childlike faith. Why? Because they trusted Jesus like they trusted us to care for them, to guide them. With that comes the responsibility for their spiritual guidance, in which we, along with our children and ministries, are responsible for. But it's a two-way street, and we need to observe these children and learn from them and their spirituality and how it's unconditional love for Jesus and God. They see this as a gift. We need to learn to come to Jesus with a childlike approach. That is, with empty hands, open minds, and trusting hearts, totally dependent on this beautiful gift from God. I read this from another commentary, and it's so beautiful. I'll probably, like I said in the service, probably put pin this up on my wall in my study area. When Jesus embraced the children, he embraced the human race and replaced it pain with love that he had in his life. So we need to come to Jesus in that childlike faith. It's naive. It has an appetite to learn, appetite to love, and appetite for this total gift from God. Before I close out, I read another thing from one of these guys. I will I love these commentaries. I have five or six of them every time I got a little There's no doubt. I'm going to let somebody else help me a little bit on this and clear my thought process up. And I'm going to challenge you all to do this. Back in 1970, Ray Stevens had a massive hit with a song called Everything is Beautiful. My challenge is you ought to go home today and look that up or look it up out there after the service. The words are incredible. I'll read just the beginning uh, lyrics to you. It says, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. My friends, please look it up because the words for the rest of the song are incredible. And then we can talk about it. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. And may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.